1: Hey, legit batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my God, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible.
2: No, read it like that the whole time.
1: No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes, Oh so yeah, ask me. If you don't feel like s- sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit.
2: Actually, that could be said without the radio voice.
1: Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. (laughs) But we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously.
2: That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want less.
1: We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too.
2: No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but yeah. we don't have that. We are just no. excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it.
1: Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you.
2: Hey. Hi. Testes. Testing? Testes. 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 Testes? Testes. One, two, three. Put in, uh, I f- don't know shit about f- f- fuck. F-
3: I love Leia. I like, like sucking. Like
4: Ow! Legit bad
0: podcast. Savona. Oh, no, no, no. uh, oh, yeah. uh. Biden! Welcome to Costco. I love you. Fuck off. No,
1: fuck, There's that stag. Boom. Hey, welcome. Legit bat. Pass. I'm Joe. Uh, Jen's with me. Ben's here as well. And Lene, who is a uh, well rotating fourth guest, I guess, whenever we both can make it. Uh, glad to everyone have everyone out to Canada. What a great start to the show. Glad we do live shows. Uh, oh, do you want to start with that <laughs> bad review, Ben? Do you have it pulled up?
3: Oh, I first, do have it uh, right here in handy.
1: Our first negative review, and as we said in the beginning, Ben was going to read those, and this is the first one we've got, so it's actually quite a stretch. And it's funny because this guy is actually not wrong, but the way he writes it is almost like he was my mom or something. The title is Be More Diligent, so I was like, Oh, I gotta read this. So, Ben, knock yourself out, let's hear what this wise man
3: has to say. <clears throat> so, for a big old two star review, I first of all, I'm I have to focus for a minute on the stars why a two star like if you're gonna give us a better yeah why just go straight to one star and fuck you so he gave us a two out of five star and uh it says you guys had one of the best researchers on in joseph farrell and didn't know a thing about him not one of his books or even his credentials correctly and kind of did a disservice to having him on didn't hardly even touch a bit of the knowledge he has and seemed argumentative Seemed very unprepared. It could have been incredible, but ended up to be very disappointing. To which I say, you're welcome. To which I say... Oh, give your balls
2: a tough. <laughs> hey, to which I say, I think it's actually really cool that we got two stars. Come on. Actually, <laughs> for, yeah. that, for that scathing of a review where he was clearly just, you're right, like your mom, just... Oh, you're so disappointing. You need to apply yourself. I'll still give him two stars. They were kind of funny. Maybe listen to another one of our episodes and not just that one. And then you'll get the idea that we're never prepared and we never will be diligent, sir.
3: So sorry. I know. That's
1: why I was like, I don't disagree. And actually, I did think there was a different guest on that night, uh, probably because (laughs) Mm -hmm. we were literally a few months into doing this when we had that interview. And I was just nervous and lucky enough to get this dude on. So I'm like, I don't know what to fucking talk about So yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, he wasn't wrong. But give him a try now. We're a lot more polished, as you can tell.
3: I I I do agree with what you sent back in the text of, like he, you know that he just searched Dr. Joseph Farrell on whatever app he was using and somehow found ours, and went, oh, this looks like a good one, and listened to it and was like, boo. And I'm all, yeah, you should listen to the other ones because they all sound like that. So we're diligently two stars.
1: I'm diligently lazy. You're welcome for that, too. All right. Well, that's without further ado. Wait, is there more ado? I think that's all the ado.
3: That's all the ado.
1: I'm going to fuck his name up. We were practicing before the show started, and I'm still going to fuck it up. Mr. Jahan Sator. How was that?
4: (laughs) How would you say your name? I'll I'll give it about a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, you're good. So, I feel outnumbered. There's four good people in me, the one degenerate. So, I figure we're really going to piss some motherfuckers off tonight because well, you know talk, I talk the truth. And, you know, we got to give that guy a break. He probably gave you as many stars as the length of his dick. Anyways. Oh, um, thing. What do you What do you want to talk about first besides that guy's small Well, just uh,
1: start with uh, introducing (laughs) yourself and your show and what you do and how you came to do it. All of that in order. Please. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Okay. What I
4: do, my show, and how I came to do it. Well, first of all, I don't really do anything. Uh, The subconscious mind does everything. I just kind of yell at people until they get it right. Uh, And I'm just kidding. Much of my work focuses on removing... Uh, the disempowering thoughts and beliefs from the subconscious mind which pretty much cause us to create shitty emotional consequences and chaotic circumstances in our lives and uh, I teach people how to change internal dialogue how to clear harsh memories and emotions I show them how to delete useless information from the subconscious mind and put useful information in there and as a meditation and mindfulness instructor I teach you when to meditate, how to meditate, and why you have certain thoughts and feelings during meditation and how you handle them effectively. Uh, My podcast is the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. And uh, that can be found on Spotify or Anchor.fm slash Boundless Authenticity. So I speak with pretty much anybody who's a truth teller or they're in the work of consciousness or metaphysics or anything like that. Um, because you can't really come to know thyself without exploring those things at some point. You're definitely not going to find it at the bottom of a, a beer can or some other destructive thing. So it's always about, for me at least, it's, it's always about what is consciousness? And what does it seem like everything that we go through as a society is based around a war on this consciousness and uh i pretty much got into this because i i started out as a musician by profession and uh coming from a country like barbados which is just a small chicken nugget speck on uh the bottom of the island chains in the caribbean for anybody that doesn't Andy know firm.
1: that we looked it up before the show <laughs>
4: It's it's not a great place to be. They sell you the idea of these idyllic beaches and it's going to be party all the time and drink beer on the beach and stuff like that. And it isn't really like that at all. It's a very predominantly religious-based society. A lot of oppression. Um, the average person really doesn't have a healthy diet because they can barely afford to scratch their ass twice a day. And like... There's there's this thing that if you try to branch out uh, beyond what's possible for the confines of the culture, then you're evil. You're an outcast. You're the worst person. You think you're better than anybody else. And so I had to fight with a lot of that stupid mentality. And if I did say one more thing about it that was inherently very negative, but yet the truth, it's that a lot of the mindset around here comes from a culture that's rooted in slavery. There's such a thing as the Barbados slave code. It's an actual manifesto as to how slavery should be conducted across the entire world. And it was tested out here first. And then those methods were uh, implemented elsewhere. And so when you have something so dark in the collective consciousness of a country, It's an energy structure that's been infected by nothing but narcissism and fear and anger and disgust for the self. And so how can those people really know anything close to being understanding, compassionate, forgiving, and even intellectual, to say the least? Um, It would be asking too much for them to pick up a book on anything that is outside the Bible or any religious context like that. So here you have me into rock music and heavy metal and stuff like that and being one of the only people on the island that was really into that i faced a lot of attack and having that kind of persecution thrust upon me on top of growing up in a a household where i had an alcoholic abusive father my sister is what we call a narcissist and uh it was non-stop assault against me because i wanted more for myself than what was available there and I, i just kind of grew up with the subconscious programs of very insecure people talking in my head all the time so it wasn't long before i fell down the rabbit hole of sex drugs and rock and roll which i really liked a lot and um you know i thought it was doing something for me i thought it was doing something for my image and i thought that was what we were supposed to do because that is what sold as the lifestyle for musicians. And um, eventually after I hit rock bottom a bunch of times and I tried to kill myself with the maximum amount of drugs and alcohol that I could find, I figured out it, it wasn't happening. Like I came back. And the third time I, I'd i come out of this really dark, murky space, which we pretty much call that uh, NDE, near-death experience. And something about being in that space changed my entire concept of myself and the world around me and when I came back I was literally not the same and shortly after that things started working out for me and I got an offer to get a a visa to go to the United States to study the music industry and I wanted to become a recording engineer and um, learn about songwriting and all these different things so I traveled a lot across the bottom states and through california and seattle and then i settled down in pennsylvania i have no fucking idea how i got from one side to the next so quickly but i did and i figured uh i would just base myself there for a while and i would do things like i would do shows and stuff and i would play different genres like country and southern rock and i pretty much had every stereotypical guy yell play freebird and somewhere around that Phase of my life, I was at a gig one night and I had what I call my angel moment. And uh it's this really tall blonde guy just tapped me on the shoulder. And I was talking to the sound engineer and he says to me, Hey, man, I noticed you have a tremendous affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I was like, Nah, what the fuck is coaching? And then I looked back over at the sound guy and I, I continued saying what I was saying. And when I turned around to tell the guy, Hey, do you want to get a drink and tell me more about that? he was gone. So I searched the whole bar for this guy, and I didn't see him anywhere. And I thought that whole experience was so freaking bizarre, that naturally, I ran home immediately and looked up what is coaching. And then when I got into that, I realized that was nothing but a a steaming pile of crap as well. That was pretty much just designed to keep well intentional, well intentioned people under the thumb of the psychology and personal development industry never actually getting any results and um well that pissed me off pretty much so around that time i was still working on myself a lot and asking the question you know who am i at the core when everything is gone because moving out there pretty much required that i left my entire life behind and i had very little money wasn't making much at gigs or anything like that because for some reason these people jesus christ they expect that you're gonna give your best and then pay you 20 bucks and you're supposed to eat for the rest of the week and also get home from the show you know and that's like barely gas money when you're out there so i had to, to suffer through that and i kept going back to the concept of you know who am i when everything is gone and, and pretty much felt like everything was gone at that point considering the phase i'd just come out of and that was when i started reading a lot of books on the buddhist philosophy and the Mahabharata and the Vedas and all those texts, everything to do with the esoteric and uh, the occult and spirituality as we know it. And um, after going through all that kind of stuff, I, I had a lot of, I would say, shifts in, in perspective that made me realize that everything that I'd been through in my life was leading me to to be in this role. And I remember reading something on the subconscious mind and it made sense to me. And I just, I haven't been the same since then because I realized that everything that affects every single person I help and everything that's ever been a problem for me in my life was as a result of the subconscious mind, which is constantly under attack from every which way you you look. It's under attack from every direction and it's, it's the main target of the six sadistic fucks that pretty much hurt us like cattle on a human farm so i uh followed that calling and i guess here i am now talking to you about it
1: (laughs) damn what a fucking life story dude
4: uh (laughs) go go back to the uh the nde get i want to hear that so that was one of the most unique experiences with consciousness i've had up until this point i mean i've i've done some pretty wild things and I base a lot of my my work on the harnessing of this consciousness and interfacing with it and but up till this point I haven't experienced anything that was quite as interesting as that so essentially I'd taken a a buttload of drugs and was literally just drinking a bottle of rum straight up to to see you know if it would take me out or not and uh, I remember throwing up quite a few times and just passing out and i could feel like from my feet all the way up to my knees was starting to go completely numb and lifeless and i started to slip away essentially and i passed out completely and i remember seeing right in front of my forehead right here which incidentally is where uh consciousness Exists. That's where our fragment of consciousness is. It's the prefrontal cortex, and um, all I could see was like a, a spark. And a lot of people talk about seeing fractals and things like that. And I saw I saw those, but only for a short moment. It felt almost like I fell forward into something, and after going through like a dark space, it came out as this brown, murky substance, and there was a lot of flickering. Uh, white specks in front of me and stuff like that and i felt like you know do you remember those old time televisions when you turn it on you'd hear the sound of the electrons firing up and it would just go i heard a noise like that but then it lingered for a long long time and it seemed to be a very reflective and, and uh it was full of solitude. There was no hostility. There was no angels saying anything. There was no fucking tubular bells. Like all these other silly ass stories you hear. It was nothing like that. It was just this murky substance. With these flickering things. And it felt as though it was being communicated to. In a way that wasn't using words. And what actually happened. Was I heard my own voice say. Dude you've got to go back. You have, Like you have to go back. And I don't know if. Up up until this point, if it was that I was starting to get afraid of what happened and afraid of being in that space or if it was the overwhelming feeling of just nothing happening that just kind of pushed me out of that space. But I, I started to recede back into, into my head and I felt the actual moment when I dropped back into my body. And then shortly after that, I opened my eyes and I felt as though nothing had happened. I was a bit tired and I slept for a couple of weeks after that. Like I literally couldn't get out of bed, but I got up as though I'd been completely renewed. And that's when I knew that Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself. Right. I just had the weirdest fucking experience of my life. This has to mean something more. And I don't care who you are. If you have a moment like that, you're going to ask the same question. You're going to be like, okay, like uh, am I this monumentally of a fuck up or what is, what is going on here that, like, I can't even do this one simple thing. And you're going to start asking different questions. And that was the key.
1: Is that where you think it kind of turned around for you and you were like kind of awakened, for lack of a better word?
4: Y- yeah. You know, the, the English language is limiting, so we have to use douchey words like awakened. And I think that, you yeah. know, that kind of that really was it. I think I was on a, a pathway of gradual awakening over a period of time before that and I was resisting it because all I saw was people who were angry and and a world that was destructive and and seemingly heading towards more and more disaster day by day and and that affected me what the fuck look at that GMO mosquito trying to get me anyways uh (laughs) I tried to make this stuff as hilarious as possible because it's really dark um so I just, I, I just wanted more than what I was seeing, and, and I realized that I, I was actually, like I said, resisting that. And I realized what I had to do was actually accept it, find a way to make peace within myself, and, and make peace with all these other people that just didn't know any better about how to behave or anything like that. And you know, that's how I found out stuff about the slave code and whatnot. Um, it was, it was me wanting to understand why people were so crazy and i just researched as much stuff as i could and i'd already known that there was a a set of powers that really shouldn't be that ran the world and stuff like that i interfaced with a lot of them especially auditioning for record labels and stuff like that so by the time i had that that near-death moment i i was about ready to to give up all the bad stuff and and change my life
1: either by ending it or continuing on in a different way.
4: Yeah, pretty <laughs> much
1: happened. So what what happened after that though? I mean, like d- how, how long ago was that, first of all?
4: So that was like 10 years ago, man. That's that's a long time now. And uh, um it wasn't long after that that I I pretty much wound up getting that opportunity to go and um and see American stuff like that there was things I had to do before that like I had to clean up some of my act and I had to go through a lot of different other challenges that made me pretty much be like okay yeah I'm done with this so by the time I was you know getting getting dumped by my fiance uh, and uh, getting kicked out of all the bands that I was in because uh, I wanted different things than what they wanted uh i I was ready to I was ready to hop on the plane, and it just kind of happened overnight because I was accustomed uh being half decent at what I did to where I was always getting opportunities to audition for record labels and stuff like that and it was like one one night I remember I'd wanted to get out of here and i was I was thinking, How can I get out of here and I started writing down. All these different options that i have and all and all of them seemed impossible but what really happened a couple of weeks after that moment was uh, a lady from a, a radio station um contacted me and she was like man you've you've got really great talent and i would be interested in helping you and i suppose the new age douchebags call that manifesting and uh <laughs> I, i'd have to say that essentially that's what it was I didn't I didn't know any of that at the time and um, that's what happened next so I mean I make it sound like a short space of time but it was a, a gradual progression
1: yeah isn't everybody's so how did that lead to what you do now though like is that something that just popped into your head as an idea or did you just kind of like morph
4: into that <laughs> it was a natural progression I see you have a question
2: Oh, I just kind of along those lines, you mentioned the whole concept, idea of consciousness and, you know, studying something along those lines culturally and everything. So I'm just curious um, what your perception idea of consciousness is and kind of how that is tied in with what you do.
4: Oh, that's such a good question. So whew, how do I how do I answer that? in an easy to digest way. I don't know if I really can. Um,
2: go for it. It's okay.
4: It's, it's about, it's about the question. What if consciousness actually wasn't the thing that we all thought it was? They, they sell us this idea, especially in the new age spiritual realm of consciousness is this God source and it's inside of you and it's it's awareness and all these different things and yes it, it is all of those things we each have a fragment of consciousness inside of us and like i said before it literally lives right here in the prefrontal cortex and it interfaces with our pineal gland inside of our head and it's it's a way of receiving and interpreting all realities not just the third dimensional physical reality in terms of what we touch which is primarily light based and consciousness is based in light essentially every atom is also a construct of light and like this table or you know ben's headphones that's all made of atoms which is pure consciousness pure light and so we all have that spark of light inside of us again that lives right here And another question that you could ask if you want to know what consciousness is, is, well, what if consciousness existed non-locally? Because it's both local to us as receivers, interpreters, and, I guess, executors of consciousness. Um, It also exists outside of us in every other thing. So... That question, what if consciousness existed non-locally, is always relevant to the discussion. It actually carries more weight than just saying consciousness is awareness. In other words, what if consciousness was outside the body, all around if you? It's dark in matter. It? Well, dark matter is an important part of consciousness, in my opinion, based on my research. It's just Dark matter just refers to the elements that we cannot see. And so it's all around you in a field of intelligence that everything is swimming in, and it's actually interpreted by the entire body. This vessel is hardwired to house the consciousness and for consciousness to interface with the physical reality. And so I asked people that question, what if it existed non-locally? And what if it was actually interpreted by the body? What if it wasn't something that could go away? because that would change the way that you view everything in your life you would you would come to understand that there's no labels or fears that are real that are true or applicable to you because you are consciousness and consciousness isn't any of those things so the most common fear of things like death simply would not exist because you would understand that consciousness is forever and throw it back to that near-death experience. That was one of the concepts that came to me that was communicated non-verbally that I began to ponder on. So I hope that answers your question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, going going deep down the hole. So what do you think the, the <laughs> consciousness as a whole is? Is that something you'd call God or is that... Uh...
2: He, he was talking about that like right as you were... Oh, damn it. No, I, was, it's okay. I was gone for 20 <laughs> but seconds. But you can still answer that.
4: Yeah, so I said that uh, the the common philosophy is that we have a fragment of consciousness and consciousness, and that is true. Um, in, in return, in in I guess to do with the depth of such a question, because you can't ask that question and not really like go balls deep in another rabbit hole. Um, we do there, there is an overarching creative force that determines everything and and it appears as though this creative force actually wants to experience everything that we see and that we can do in this vessel and it's all polarized and based on this concept of duality that's how i would sum up something so vast as that
1: i'm terrible at that i always ask the vast questions and then leave it to the guest to like parse it out for me <laughs>
4: Well, I want pe- I try to to answer this stuff as hilariously as possible and as uh, succinct as possible because there's too much stuff out there that's watered down, especially by meme culture, that is specifically designed to take you away from your own consciousness and to stop you from pondering any further than that. So I You're really
1: I, new age movement that kind of thing with the razor vibration and that kind of shit
4: yeah oh my god yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i want to rant about that because that drives me nuts i know what they're saying or what they mean when they say that but just to hear it is just cringy
4: yeah the way that they say it is designed to play on on people's inherent narcissistic traits because we all have them the sense of specialness to appeal to the ego and the ego is always concerned with one thing what is the threat and the ego is that voice in your head or that feeling in your gut that, you know, makes you feel like you want to take a shit. When you think that some person is a bad person or some event's going to be really bad for you, and then it turns out to be just fine. It's very scared of what could happen if something in your comfort zone changed. And I I, I tend to get into it with people who come from that reality because it's not so much about raising your vibration. It's about changing your vibration by changing the quality of your thoughts especially in relation to yourself and the world around you the people that want to raise their vibration want to get more stuff that's what they want to raise their vibration for they want to be happy and life isn't about being fucking happy it's about doing the work because we come here and it is true that we have certain soul contracts if you want to call them that which Bind us to have certain experiences so that we can learn from those experiences and move past those experiences because that's what consciousness wants to experience through that dualistic uh, experience. I kind of I sound like fucking uh, Zucker fucking his uh, <laughs> metaverse thing. Experience, experience, experience. So basically, um, we come here to do certain things to learn certain lessons so that that information can be transmitted back to the source of all consciousness. And it it, it makes everything better. But most people just want to get more stuff. Like I said, they don't don't actually want to do the work. They want to manifest a $10,000 a month income doing absolutely nothing. And, you know, travel the world doing all this cool stuff. But you only get to do the cool stuff if you are willing to do the work and remove from yourself, all the shitty aspects of yourself in the process and be a better person in the way of applying compassion and forgiveness and those kinds of things in a world that's designed to brutally destroy you on purpose. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. I don't, damn it. You're one of those
1: guests where I'm just listening and then I forget I'm hosting. I'm just like, yes.
4: (laughs) Cause I'm mind controlling you just like everybody else.
1: Cool. <laughs> what, what's your uh, opinion of the world as a whole right now as it relates to what you're talking about? Like, where do you think we're at? Is it getting better or worse? Because some days it feels like it's getting way the fuck worse. And other days I'm like, yes, I have hope today. It looks like it's better.
4: Well, you know, that's the nature of reality. It's not every day that you're going to get up on an extremely high vibration. You know, I'm one of these uh, happy-go-lucky fucks that wakes up and I stretch my hands over my head and I say, oh, man, I'm so grateful that I get to have this day of life. Notice that part. I get to have it. Like, I don't know if I have tomorrow. So everything that I do and everything that I say has to be in alignment with whatever work it is I feel in my heart, I actually am here to do. And so... I don't have time for anything else other than to be grateful to be alive, especially after going through all the stuff that I went through. And I realized I made it past that and I don't think anything is going to get any worse than that. Or at this present moment, I don't think that anything is going to come out of the, the cabal's bag of tricks. That's going to be any worse than forcefully vaccinating children. You know what I'm saying? So when I see things appear to get worse, I I am very skilled at saying, okay, so there's a lesson here and I need to go and research and find out everything that's actually happening so that I can best help people who are going to be, you know, feeling the brunt of the pain from all of this kind of stuff. And it it appears as though just like in your daily life, you get out of bed and you're like, man, I don't really want to go to work today and you you just feel tired. Some days you're going to be like that with in relation to the world. And it's not about how can i be happier it's it's about how can i actually be with this reality and how f- by my living by embodying the best possible values of integrity and honesty and compassion and all those good things how can i make good choices towards other people who are fast to fucking sleep and who just really don't know what they don't know and in most cases actually don't want to be helped they're complacent with the reality of dystopia if that makes sense so i see that where well, that we're at now it. is actually a good place to be as fucking nuts as it seems it's it's understanding that there's there is the dark and there there is the light and not to sound like a woo-woo jackass you have to go through the darkness to get to the light but it's an ongoing process it's incredibly cyclical so when you close your eyes tonight you don't know if you're going to wake up tomorrow as dark as that is but when you do you wake up and you're like okay i get to do this again and you know that there's going to be moments throughout the day that are going to to just the jaw jack the new agers they're going to lower your vibration (laughs) and and it's because you 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 don't like the emotions that are generated inside of your body that consequently and coincidentally belong to you and so therefore you're the only person that can lower your vibration so when you don't want to comply with the ways of the world and you want to ignore it and be like la 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 i only want to clutch crystals all fucking day long then you're not actually <laughs> sorry ben <laughs> no 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 that, that hit home i'll be more mindful of when people are drinking and not do that but if, no, no, if no, no. you it, want to live your life in, a, in a, a a mindless way then of course you're actually going to end up seeing more darkness than anybody else because you're so concerned out of fear about raising your own vibration When vibration isn't a thing that you raise anyway, it's directed, it's focused at whatever's in front of you. And you say, okay, how can I make the best of this by actually being with it and figuring out again, like I said, what are the the tough emotions and and thoughts and things that I have about this event that are contributing in a negative way? Because it's easy to turn on fucking CNN and and that goddamn son of a bitch. Uh, wolf blitzer or Brian's, fucking brian anderson healthy. cooper well whoever whoever's the, Nob the latest asshat. yeah knob lemon fucking I, they tell you i urge you not to look away and then they show you some horrific scene that may or may not actually be real that's the key point because yeah. reality is subject subjective and it is objective because consciousness essentially observes and tries to reproduce whatever it sees through your eyes. And that's why these people do the things that they do, because they want to keep you thinking, oh, the world's going to shit when it's literally never been a better time to be alive. It's just that we have half of the world believes the delight and the other half of the world is very curious about what could actually happen. And so if I could, you know not not let the new agers off the hook, but at least you know that's A different form of indoctrination that could potentially lead you somewhere better than watching the goddamn news and thinking that, you know, Wolf Blitzer gives a shit about anything other than shaving his fucking beard perfectly every day, right?
3: (laughs) I, I, I do have a question for you on that note. So just at least the way that you explained it that way, would you say that perspective has a lot to do with whether or not you... Succeed in waking up more in tune with that reality of, like you said, I, and you even mentioned it yourself. Notice how I said I get to have this day. And my, do do you would you agree that that's a lot of perspective based where people are a little off kilter on how they're looking at things, and therefore they wake up not being or you know, like we said, manifesting the day that they're going to have because. They don't go to bed thinking I get to have tomorrow or I might get to have tomorrow. And then when they wake up, it's, Oh, I get to do this again today. They wake up and they go oh Fuck. I got to go to work again. Would you say that perspective plays a really key role in that?
4: It's, it's definitely all about two things, perception and perspective. Perception is how you see sure. something through your eyes and how stuff is pieced together inside your brain based sure. on past events in your life. And perspective is all about where you're looking at something from. And if you're looking at something like, let's use your example of, oh shit, I got to go to work today. Well, who the hell wants to work a nine to five? That fucking sucks monkey balls, right? But it's understanding that you got to eat. You got to do this thing. And unless you want to do something that, you know, sucks like that for the rest of your life and you just don't plan on ever changing that, then go ahead and keep keep doing it but if you want more for yourself then you got to realize okay i've got to be okay with this and i have to do some work around in my head that's going to make this thing that makes me unhappy to wake up tolerable so that i can find out who i am at the core and start getting you know in my free time closer to my idea of what would bring me joy and what would actually make a difference in the world because it, it, it literally is so fucking true. It only takes one person to change their perception of something and understand that it's it's me. It's the, like that whole Stephen Covey thing. Uh, I don't see the world as it is. I see the world as I am and understanding that it's also about where you're looking at something from. So if you are in a job that you hate, you're in a position of disempowerment And it is tremendously difficult to come to the realization that, oh, yeah, I did sign up for this job that I really feel oppresses me and to take 100% responsibility for that and realize that, you know, I've got to save some money then so I can start doing a little side business and maybe maybe I'll really love it. And maybe that will turn into the thing that can liberate me from financial tyranny by the fucking cabal. Right. And you know, it's I'm not one of these go live your dream kinds of people because some people actually just want to sweep the fucking street, like literally, that's what they're here for. And we need those people, or we'd have rats gnawing at our fucking ball sacks when we're sleeping. So what you know, would you do with taco bell
3: workers? I mean, come on.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. So we kind of need, you know, the fucking taco bell. Not get
3: diarrhea, but I mean, other than <laughs> that, I, like, I like how it goes in.
1: Oh, I missed my chance. That was supposed to be one of these. Okay. I oh, uh, he mentioned it in the chat, so I did do Um
3: <laughs> I will say, though, that I, I, so far in what you've said, I agree with uh, several of the key points on character traits that you've mentioned, whether it be integrity, honesty, taking full responsibility. In my opinion, I think that that is one of the biggest injustices and disservice that we have started to put on to... Uh, the future generations, as well as something that we have kind of garnered from, shall we say, other generations, is that when and I know that Joe asked the question about, you know, does it seem like this world is just going to shit? Because some days it seems like it is. And then other days, it seems like you got hope. Uh, Those aspects, I think, are probably the most important, Uh, just because along with feeding that ego that you were talking about, whether it be. Um, You know, this kind of mainstream narrative of woo-woo bullshit or this other narrative that you should just hate everything, hate your country, hate this, that and the other. Um, I, I feel like the normal social climate is that blame somebody else for your problems and then stuff them so that you can get to where you want to be rather than being honest and having a little bit of integrity to take that responsibility and say, you know what? I'm here because of my decisions. So if I'm here because of my decisions or there's something I don't like in my life, it's because of my decisions. And I'm not saying that that's always the case. Life throws curveballs at you. There are things that are out of your control that you are going to have to deal with. But if, like you said, you look at it and realize like, okay, well, I either am in control of this or I am not in control of this. If I'm in control of this, what can I do to change it? And if I'm not in control of this, what can I learn from it? And I think that the lack of responsibility, which I see in most of the generation my age and younger, uh, is one of the key issues for why people are not achieving what they would really like to be in life. Because they can't just look at it through a realistic lens and say, this has to change. I Like you said, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and you fucking loved it. But there was a part of you that later on went, oh fuck, as much as I love this, I have to change it if I want to get to where I want to be. And I don't see a lot of that as a nor- normalcy in uh, today's world, I guess you could say.
4: No, it's, it's absolutely something that is like a myth. And everybody wants to get what they want without actually having to do anything for it. And it goes along with a culture of entitlement that yes essentially it's it's strengthening over the generations so every generation that follows is more and more entitled and it's coming from the media and it's coming from the music and it's coming from the movies and that's why my focus is the subconscious mind because When we see a a terrible event happen in the world and we wonder, hmm, I wonder why this guy would just wake up one morning and just kill everybody at school, for example. If you look at somebody like Adam Lanza, you look at his face and you see how checked out he was. And it's either because he was on multiple drugs or he was mind controlled. And I'm going to go ahead and say both. Because if you look at the content yeah if you look at the content of the the movies and the tv and the even some of the fiction books and the music it's all hardwiring these destructive thought processes into you and there's a lot of uh hypnotic commands that are put into these things because music especially is just a hypnotic rhythm i actually have a video on Bitshoot. it's called hacking the subconscious mind you can go and see why we're in the position that we're in with the scamdemic, because it's like Batman's, you know, he, you think he's throwing a regular bomb at a wall, but it's shaped like a spike protein. And, you know, you got the Marvel Avengers movie and stuff, and uh, whatever, Captain Captain America, whatever the fuck his name is, you know, when <laughs> Sam, Samuel L. Jackson's character is saying something to him, he turns around, and you see over his shoulder, there's the coronavirus spike protein on a billboard way behind him, there's the hypnotic spiral behind his head. And then on this side, there's a doctor and a mask and the Corona beer logo on this side and all these different things. And and so that's the Shut fundamental the aspect.
3: the fuck up. No way.
4: Seriously, go watch it. It's called Hacking the Subconscious Mind. I'll send it to, to you guys after. I fucking love
3: Captain America. God damn it.
4: Yeah, and you have to understand that in every moment of the day, we're being pulled towards the subconscious programs of others via the media and culture. What's the first part of the word culture? Cult. So this keeps us in patterns of behavior where we create mediocre circumstances for ourselves. The subconscious mind loves repetition and your behavior is shaped by whatever is repetitively drilled into your head. So there's a good chance that everything that you do Is as a result of something in your environment on repeat. And in psychology, there's a concept called stimulus versus response. And what that tells you is that everything around you, like the fucking fish tanks behind me, that's a stimulus in my life. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. accustomed to that stimulus, I'm going to live that reality every single day. And so if you're watching CNN, And the primary programming mechanisms of the cabal are in effect. You're drinking the coffee, which is psychoactive and it's designed to kill you. If you're drinking too much alcohol, you're going to die and you're going to be throwing your, your soul so far out of your body that other entities can come in and take over. When you do witness things, you're not fully present and you're therefore your consciousness isn't working to the full extent that it should be and then you're susceptible to instructions hypnotic suggestions and as it is you're already fucked you're already pretty much getting programmed 24 7 from every which way by all of the media that surrounds you you almost can't escape it these days so we have something as monumentally powerful as the subconscious mind which is actually responsible for your bodily functions when's the last time you had to Tell your legs, okay. Legs, we're going for a walk. You don't have to, you just get up and you go. Only and in the morning. The subconscious.
1: I think myself a pep <laughs> talk and then and they <laughs> then they obey me. That's the only time. It's like
4: it's like yeah, that, I got, that. Sometimes
3: old I gotta scream at get those motherfuckers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So you know, on top of all of that, it's always scanning the environment for repeating patterns because that's how it keeps you safe. It just wants to know what the common things are in your environment and what the majority of people are doing because that is what it considers to be safe. And so your subconscious doesn't know the difference between real life, what's on a television, a computer, a mobile phone screen, your fucking tablet. It doesn't know the difference between something you visualize and reality as it relates to outside of you. So human beings are going to emulate any behavior that has a positive reward associated with it, even if it's evil. And the subconscious mind actually is the only part of you that's capable of living in the present moment. Everything else that goes through your head is being related to either a past event or it's trying, you're trying to piece together future events based on past images and sounds and reference points in your brain. And the subconscious mind can't gauge the past or the future. It's only looking for what behaviors get a positive reward right now. And one of the main things it's looking for is safety. So if you think about the logical progression of the human being, we have education, which gets us going from the beginning. We're born and from zero to six, we're exposed to our parents, and whatever schooling we have so we're picking up bad habits from our parents we're picking up our world views from our parents and behaviors that will play out in the future from them but then education is another way that we get trained to look for authority and to take orders And what this does is it actually stops us from naturally being able to make our own decisions based on what we really want, going back to what you were saying about people needing to take responsibility. Well, how can they when they're running subconscious programs? So I'll explain more about that, because when you're at school, all you have to do to get good grades is regurgitate and you get positive reinforcement. And the subconscious mind goes, oh, shit, that's that safety shit. I like, oh, yeah, give me more of that. (laughs) And then, you know, what it actually teaches you is that if you stay outside of sovereignty, then you are safe from harm. So if you learn the opposite of everything about how to take 100% responsibility and self-govern, self-regulate, and self-motivate, then
3: you'll be happy. You stay
4: safe. So it fucking Albert Einstein said this. The only thing that interferes with my learning is my education. Yep. So, you know, they tell you what reality is. They tell you what history is and they tell you what's true or false. And basically they just teach, teach us from childhood to comply to the external system of thinking, believing and behaving. And, you know, all the teachers have been trained in this manner, so they don't know shit all. It's not even their fault, really. (laughs) And we just we just go we go through moments of conditioning all the time. So what I can tell you is that the mind in itself, whatever the mind actually is, because we still don't know, but we do know that it can perform 10 to 11 trillion tasks per second without you being aware of it. And that's the problem that most people have. They think that they're thinking inside their heads, but they're really not thinking. The mind is doing so much stuff. And the larger percentage of it is subconscious. So the conscious part of your mind really can't do anything. And it it can only take in 140 bits of information in one second. However, your subconscious is estimated to be communicating to your 60 trillion cells around 6 trillion commands Every second. And the subconscious is what's responsible for all the things that make you who you are and that make you do what you do. And it keeps you alive, it keeps you healthy and happy, like you said. So if something is making changes to this part of your mind, then it can really fuck you up or it can make some good things happen for you. And, you know, when you're under stress, so let's talk about current circumstances. When, You think that there's a virus that's walking around with a measuring tape and it knows how to measure six feet between you and some other motherfucker and it's going to jump on you if you dare step within four feet to two feet of of another person, then you're going to be under a lot of stress if you really believe that because, you know... is so fucking outrageous, and and you know there's something that's killing all these people. I wonder what it could be that's killing all these people. It must be the virus that's killing all these people. The measuring or is tape it? Virus. How is it? Dare yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it it knows it. It's it. This virus is so intelligent, right? That it knows when you take your mask off to have something to eat, and it doesn't bother you because it really cares about you being. Hey, I believe that because
3: Google knows when I'm taking a shit, so.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? So it wants you to, you know, it really wants you to be at your best when it comes to fuck you up. So, you know, it'll give you a lunch break to take your mask off, right? And, uh, you know, if you're under that kind of stress and you really believe all of this shit that's on TV, then your body is in emergency mode you are in survival mode and your subconscious flight mind is overriding yeah. yeah absolutely and and the limb once that limbic system kicks in the subconscious mind goes okay i got this i got everything you need baby don't worry i'll fuck you up really good and what's that thing that anderson cooper told us to look at the other night oh my god okay and then there you go you're fucked or you remember some movie that you saw when you were 10 that you know it because it goes in your consciousness and it goes right into your brain, then you just start doing shit and you're like, man, I don't even know why I did that. So, <laughs> you know, the cognitive neurosciences pretty much tell you that the conscious mind is responsible for free will and it's actually doing 1% to 5% of our daily actions. That's it. The rest is the subconscious. So that means that 95 to 99 percent of your day is coming from subconscious programming that doesn't belong to you and if you have negative programs then for the majority of your day you're sabotaging your whole life and you cannot take responsibility for anything in your life because you're just going to continue to loop over the same things without any real awareness that you're your own worst enemy
3: so I, i have a question for you then um so first of all thank you for bringing ushering in not just the uh metaphysically wrinkle-free aspects of subconscious, um, but also bringing in psychology. Psychology is one of my greatest loves. I do not have a degree. I don't want a degree, but it has been something that came to me naturally uh, from early teenage years. Uh, This question formed a little bit ago, but I was kind of waiting to see where the conversation went. What is your opinion if most of what makes you kind of go throughout your day? Obviously, you know, people say you have to do something uh, the same for two weeks for it to become a habit. Obviously, that's subconscious. Now you're performing it without thinking about it. You're not putting a conscious thought into it. You're just going through the motions, which, as you said, pre-programmed, regardless of what that programming is. It is your pre-programming. Now you're just doing things without really you know, quote unquote, thinking, because that is what you have trained yourself to do, or you have been programmed to do. So with that being said, my question is, what is your opinion on mental illness? And how does that play into this? Um, because for people that are, um, and it obviously this, this, we could derail this just right here at the beginning and say, well, that depends on whether or not you trust or believe in clinical psychology clinical diagnoses and any of that stuff but for people that have uh just to use regular terms uh severe depression or clinical depression or um are uh manic bipolar and things of that nature do you believe that those can be beat by trying to do the things that you're talking about or is there a formula that integrates the two of them so that they can live their best life without also going to fucking big pharma?
4: So I'm. this is what makes me a very controversial person to be around because <laughs> there are a lot of people who insist that things like depression and whatnot are chemical imbalances, but there's no sure. evidence anywhere that actually shows that. And when these people are questioned about it, like let's say someone's kid goes and they get diagnosed with any of the, the horseshit that's in the DSM-5. Right. What happens that to that kid then is the kid takes the medication, the kid becomes suicidal, and the kid kills himself, jumps off a bridge or something unexpectedly. Right Now they will try yeah. to pin that on the mental illness, which was made up, and not the medication and that's by design and so when the parents get angry and go looking for answers trying to figure out what is this chemical imbalance you say my kid had what they find is that it was a lie the whole time to get you to take medication and so it's never been found to exist anywhere and that's why all of my psychiatrists and psychologist friends have parted ways because they believe the lie, and they're not willing to actually go look for the evidence that doesn't exist. So they're just willing to accept this paradigm, which is killing people, which isn't right. It just no matter which way you slice it, it isn't right. And so people have what's called a cognitive distortion. There's several hundred cognitive distortion. And in the same way that the DSM-5 is made up of made up symptomology, conditions and circumstances by which you judge a person's behavior or choices in behavior and choices in thinking. And then you say, okay, you have generalized anxiety disorder or some other disorder, you're bipolar or something like that. Then the person receiving that diagnosis They have a cognitive distortion that literally sounds like there's something wrong with me. And so, human beings are looking to up through this filter of there's something wrong with me. And so, the ones who succumb to a diagnosis are the ones that go, Aha, I knew it. There's something wrong with me. And then, what happens to that person is that their entire physiology changes and their entire mental structure changes to accommodate the behaviors that have just been described to them through this. And these people are usually disempowered in some way. And so to explain that to you even further, and this is why I like to focus on the subconscious mind, is because not only is the subconscious mind responsible for things like safety, it's and it's responsible for our vital functions, it It really does play a huge role on a cellular level. And so the cells are like these little computers and that have the nucleus in there. And it's a hard drive that plays out all of the programs for you. And so we have receptors in our body for every cell. And from the time you're conceived up to whatever age you're at now, you are receiving programming. So where does the programming of the subconscious mind go? It goes into the cells. This, the receptors contain information. And it's all quality and quantity and context that's communicated to the cell. So when I say that, what I mean is that the cell receptors are communicating. And they're also taking nutritional information and hormonal information. So they, these cell receptors receive they release and they allow for chemicals and other information or instructions to bind or dock to them. Does that make sense so far? Yeah. So that's very critical to the cells functioning well. So whatever emotions you experience hardwire into the cells via these receptors, okay? And when we're trained with certain behaviors, it hardwires into the cells. So if we're witnessing behaviors around us, Unconsciously, subconsciously, it's going into ourselves to play out so, at a later date. So, when a so, no, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, sorry to, to cut you off before you say what you were going to say, but what, I'm, what I was doing was getting to the part about where if a person is depressed, it's a program, it's a set of circumstances that have hardwired into your cellular structure that have been received, and it is waiting on the right stimulus to trigger that program. So now you can say what you're going to say.
3: No, no, no. Sorry. I, I, I have a really bad lag. And so sometimes I try to jump in when I think that there's a break. Uh, I wasn't trying to actually cut you off because I really wanted to hear your whole response. Uh, I was just going to say, so is it kind of like magnets where depending on which way it's turned, it's going to attract a negative or positive pull to that and then build on top of it where, once you've kind of set which one it attracts that's what it's going to build off of is that one negative or positive pole uh because after that you you're only ever going to see that one direction is that kind of
4: yeah it's kind of like that we get polarized into one direction the instant we start feeling depressed and we feel so helpless with this state of consciousness that we don't know how to snap out of it on our own and the people around us don't know how to help us we feel even more disempowered and so we're likely to allow the thinking through that cognitive distortion of something is wrong with me to overpower our ability to rationalize and bridge let's say we have rational thought over here and we have emotional shot thought emotional thought over here and then somewhere in the middle there is the wisdom that comes from being able to process reality. Does that make sense to you? Yes, We get pushed so far outside of that. and we live in a society that's designed to confirm illness. We, li- we have a sick care system, not a health care system. Ooh, and so I like that. So um, whatever consciousness witnesses, it reproduces. So let's say for example, you grew up in a household where one of your family members was depressed or had anxiety or something about something. It could have been mild or it could have been a small incident. It could have been a big thing. But there's either way, there's a good chance that you have receptors which are specifically designed to cause depression or anxiety at some point in your life. So if you go through life for too long, and I want you to get this part, if you go through life for too long without this situation playing out, it's going to eventually result in you having an experience where you don't even understand why you feel depressed or anxious, which is a lot of people who go and get a diagnosis. They have no clue where it's coming from. And so when some jackass in a butcher coat tells you, you've got anxiety, you've got depression and it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. You're wet. You're all ready to take your panties off for that delicious lie. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like you're ready you're ready to get jiggy with all the antidepressants. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah, because it, yeah, it shows up from out of nowhere, but it's in your cells playing a program. And programming. so it comes from left field. It catches you off guard and you don't understand why you feel depressed. And so the confirmation bias in the brain then begins to look for evidence of I am that. This thing happened to me. My girlfriend dumped me. Therefore, I'm a terrible person, and that's why I'm depressed. Daddy dropped me on my head when I was five, and now I hate daddy because, you know, I I can't do anything in my life as a 35-year-old and feel good about myself. You start looking for all the things that happened to try to piece together why do I feel depressed, rather than acknowledging depression as a state of consciousness and saying, okay, This is a starting point for me to move forward and do something. Because let me tell you what, there's a lot of people that when you work with them, they're like, man, I've been feeling depressed a lot lately. And I say, how long has that been going on? And they say, oh, maybe about six months or so. And I said, what happened five minutes before you started feeling depressed? (laughs) And they say, oh, well, this thing happened and I just I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I say, "Okay, well, stop slouching, sit straight up, stick your head up towards the ceiling, put your hands over your head for two minutes. How do you feel? gosh i actually feel better and i say okay there you go there's your diagnosis go wipe your ass with it don't come back here again be happy <laughs> and then um you know then there's others that are so convinced by this social label that they've been handed that things like that won't work they want to maintain this program and along with the subconscious program they, it comes with a self-justification index. What This is what Noam Chomsky calls an availability heuristic. So it's all the thoughts, ideas, concepts, excuses as to why you do a certain thing or think a certain thing. Or if like, here's a great example, if you're in a narcissistic relationship and the person beats you, you begin to justify the reasons why that was okay and why you should stay, Right. So the same happens to anybody that has, you know, they have a, a, a one of these fucking labels handed to them and they go, okay, great. Now I have something that's wrong with me. That explains everything. I don't actually have to change anything.
2: I think right? my daughter that's- needs to listen to your show. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's 16. So I feel like a lot of kids in high school right now have this exact same problem and they're just, Growing up into be you know to be little adults, and they all just want to find a reason for why they feel a certain way, how they can fix it, not take any responsibility for it. Basically, everything you've been saying tonight makes total sense, but that's how every day I hear stories of, well, I was just in a bad mood today because of this, and I just this person was mean to me, and so now I'm depressed. And she's told me about several of her friends who've gotten to go to therapists and they get prescribed antidepressants, and I'm like. Oh my God, I'm never going to send you there then because as much as I would love for you to talk to somebody, I don't want to send you to someone who's just going to say, yep, here's a prescription for you. Go ahead. Let it eat a hole in your brain so you can be less of a person by the time you reach adulthood. It's Gross.
1: And maybe actually cause a problem yeah, that they, wasn't there. It goes
2: there. back to not wanting to take responsibility. People don't want to take responsibility and step up and do the work. They just want to be told what's wrong and get a solution that's very easy so they can continue on their merry way.
4: Absolutely. Maybe your daughter needs to come speak with me because I love talking to kids. Because the problem with kids is that they're fucking smart, and the cabal knows this, and so that's why they put them in government indoctrination camps that condition them to think like victims. And yeah, safety is in safety is in the herd, and the subconscious mind is just looking for a hit, hit of that sexy old safety. And so whatever, you know, little Johnny and little Tommy and little Kristen and and their fucking parents who are, who probably have PhDs in TV watching and, you know, got a diploma from Starbucks (laughs) University, they're all, you know, they're all fucking unaware of the world at large and they're not in their power. So your kid's getting exposed to all these people who are disempowered and by default emulating on programs of safety. And it isn't until kids are actually taught to follow their intuition and to self-regulate and that motivation has four invisible letters in front of it s-e-l-f self you have to want to get up and do the damn thing and so unless you can practice mindful awareness and this is what kids need to be taught because nobody is going to be able to fix their problems when their parents are dead and gone the government isn't going to fix their problems by association to any organization that claims to be there to help. Right. The best the government will do in America is throw 500 bucks at you and say, okay, here's your disability because you're a dumb fuck. Now you just given up your sovereignty to a diagnosis. And literally that's how condescending they can be at times to people. I've heard some horror stories. So, you know, Kids need to be exposed to information like this, and they need to come to understand that the TV's not their friend. Fucking Travis Scott's not their friend. There's motherfuckers that actually watched Travis Scott stand there on stage and sing the word dead with his stupid shitty auto tune on while people are being hauled out dead in the crowd, and they still go on to Spotify and listen to his music because that makes them feel happy. And what they're really saying is that they need music because they're unable to generate that emotion inside of themselves by any other thoughts that they can have willfully on their own. And that's a dark place to be in. I'm not saying don't enjoy music because I'm a musician, obviously, so I make music for people who are like that. It's just that how much of yourself are you giving away by the things that we've been told are fun? And normal in society. That's why the word is inculturation. Cult. In cult. So you are basically bound to the circumstances and the ideologies that the cult imposes upon you. Single day. And if you don't know how to notice those things. You're forever going to be the victim. And it starts from childhood.
1: Yeah. 100%. Especially with like you were talking about the government indoctrination camps, it it's, it's only gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better in the last you know half a century. Well, it starts
2: from childhood. If you have if you don't have the right parents, I feel like I feel like as parents in this world right now, it's kind of eye opening. We're like we have an ability to kind of teach our kids how to help teach their kids. To just live life the right way instead of keeping busy with, okay, you have to go to work. It has to be nine to five. You have to be a doctor or a lawyer. You have to go to college for four years. Make sure you don't get yourself in any less than $200,000 of debt and then go off and be successful. And that's how our parents and our parents' parents were kind of taught. I mean, for the most part, unless you're in farming, whatever it is. But we just teach our kids, you have to do these certain things instead of teaching them to look out and be aware of their surroundings.
4: Yeah, and kids are so susceptible. Well, we all are susceptible to hypnosis. So, you know, when you when you let your kid watch TV, their consciousness is getting shut off. The prefrontal cortex gets shut off and information goes in in large chunks directly to the back of the brain and you just take it. In- whatever that is and you take it with you forever and then it goes to those cell receptors it gets hardwired into you based on whatever emotions you felt whether you were conscious of it or not because you feel emotions on a micro level you get agitated on a cellular level or you get inspired on a cellular level so we are always in this this game daily where all hypnosis is self-hypnosis We could say that someone hypnotized us, but it's happening all the time anyway. So it's kind of like that thing when when you're driving a car, you don't realize the route you take to get where you are. And you're like, holy shit, how did I get here? And you realize you were driving for 20 minutes. and You have no clue what happened. That's because your brain went into alpha brainwave state. Right. So. Most of the time, like right now, we're having this conversation and we're in beta brainwave state. That's the logical mind. We're trying to process what's being said and respond to each other. And we're contributing to something. When you're in alpha, you're in auto-suggestion. You're in hypnosis. And you anything that anybody tells you, you can just go right in there. And you might even cluck like a chicken and drag your ass on the floor like a dog. And you don't know why you're doing it. So you know when a, like let's use your daughter as an example <laughs> when when she goes to school and she gets exposed to these other kids who claim to be depressed and they're walking around their shoulders a slouching like i fucking hate my life <laughs> and you know and you're know, listening to the used and you know they want to slit their wrists or god knows what the fuck they're doing you know all that emo shit you know yeah. listening to juice world I, and all of this bull- i have no friends everybody hates me i hate it here Ugh right and so that thing that you just did that's the stereotypical uh teenager that's portrayed to us on cartoons for a reason and so your daughter is well-intentioned she has all these friends because you know under the surface she really loves them she doesn't know the difference between loving somebody and knowing that love sometimes says no so she will continue to associate with these people and pick up all their bad habits because let's say Uh, the average human spends seven hours in hypnosis every day. That's because the brain is transitioning through these states of consciousness every day on, on an automatic basis. So four hours during the waking state and three hours at night, when you're in the REM cycle, you're, you're in different states of consciousness. And so like alpha brainwave is a a protection mechanism of the brain because it's processing the events of the world, uh, for you because it wants to take some of that stress off of the brain. And so the brain naturally has to change state in order to do its work, to process 10 trillion bits of stuff. The mind needs to go through all of that. And so you know if you weren't, you'd be having a series of strokes all day long because it's so much input coming in through your senses that the brain just can't do it without transitioning. So your kids going to school and just because this is what the human body does She's going through different hypnotic states by by nature. And those other kids' behaviors, whatever the teachers say, however, they act, because she doesn't know how to self-regulate and she doesn't understand that most people just act like C-U-N-Ts a lot of the time for no reason. And it's none of her business. It's not her cross to bear. It's not, you know, something to take personally. Well, she's just a kid. So all that stuff's going into her brain There's a filter on it. Cause she's under hypnosis, right? So that's why mindfulness is really important. And I tell people that we get we get taught about hypnotherapy and stuff as though it's the stage hypnosis, you know, you wave the fucking pendulum and then, you know, you scratch your balls and you dance in a circle because (laughs) the guy said to do this. Right. But it's not it it is kind of like that, but it's also not really like that. Like hypnosis is just the study of altered states of consciousness and you know, with altered states of consciousness, you would naturally want to know what they are, where they take you, and how they change and shape your entire experience of life. So, a typical hypnotherapy session, I'm talking about clinical hypnotherapy here, the real stuff, is about taking a person into a deeper state of consciousness to help them tap into new resources via the subconscious, which can help them create a change in their life. And so if you're naturally cycling through these states of consciousness by yourself, the brain's just doing that automatically, then you're accessing the subconscious at different intervals throughout the day and playing out certain things unknown to you. So it's hard to explain. That's why it's so damn hard to explain to teenagers that their behavior sucks or that their opinion sucks because all of those things are coming from a a much more powerful faculty that's just going to loop over and they're going to go, oh, mom, you're an asshole, right? Like, (laughs) You never, you oh, never gosh. listen to anything I say, you know, right? Like whatever childish yeah. shit they say, that's where that's all. You don't from. know me. You don't care about me. You don't listen. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, you don't listen, mom. Oh no. And then you know, this subconscious is <laughs> just looping over the same availability heuristic. All that I already know to confirm what I already know, so that I don't have to change, and this other person or this other thing outside of me can be wrong. Right? So kids need to know all about how the brain transitions through altered states of consciousness. They need to know how to mindfully breathe to slow down their thoughts so that they can take inventory throughout the entire day because breathing is actually being alive. Everything that we do, we're breathing. Whether we like it or not, we're going to be breathing. And so the breath is... Immense tool for using consciousness because the mind is essentially trying to ask you one question every day. It's, is it okay to keep this thought? And it just cues these things up and it sends them to you rapidly. So, people who have anxiety and all these other made up things, the brain's on overdrive trying to show you stuff and, you know, it's doing this and it's like, (laughs) because it's trying (laughs) to get (laughs) your attention. It's like, all of this stuff is going on back here and we need you to process this stuff. It's like an annoying secretary. It's like, okay, boss, we got this stack of papers. I need you to sort through because we got a client at 10. You got to read through all this stuff. And you're like, oh, crap. I only got five minutes to do this. And what you want to do is when when you begin to mindfully breathe, because most of us are doing shallow breathing. The mindful breathing is what we know as long yogic breathing. So it's not just, you know, trendy, go and stretch your ass crack out. And you feel better for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's actually being with every breath. And when you breathe in, your stomach comes out. When you exhale, your stomach comes in. And it's a point underneath your navel. And that's where all your personal power and your ability to harness this vessel for consciousness comes into play. Because it does something really magical. It slows down the speed at which the thoughts come to you it rearranges, it actually sorts the thoughts in order of what is the most pressing issue. And then one thing will come up very slowly in your awareness and you'd say, okay, I actually don't need that. That happened five years ago. That's crap. Wait, And it can go away. It can be as simple as that. And so that's how you become aware of your subconscious programming because it slows down the effect of that program playing out all of the details that go along with it. Because the cells are just sending information to you saying, okay, this is what's in here, boss. Do you want to keep this, accept or decline? It's like a fucking phone call. Say no. And we don't know that we can just do this, okay? So that's that's my main way of getting people to understand that the information that is involved with psychology, it needs to not be taught to us in an institutionalized way. It needs to be told to us in a way that we actually want to hear it. We're actually interested in this is how the brain works. This is how the body works. This is how consciousness acts through the body. And kids need to understand hypnosis. They need to understand cognition. They need to understand how to be mindfully aware and how to be forgiving, how to be compassionate, and and most importantly, how to cultivate discernment through these things. Discernment is when your brain, your heart, and your gut are working in tandem to give you higher quality of information. It's essentially intuition. And when you follow your intuition, then you realize that truth calibrates at a resonant frequency. What does that mean? It means that you will experience the truth rather than just see it, feel it, or touch it. It will be a phenomenon that's like a psychic phenomenon in your head, and then you'll know Oh man, they really are putting fluoride in the water. Oh man, masks don't work. Oh, there is no virus that's measuring us six feet apart. All these kinds of things, (laughs) you realize that whatever's coming from the screen is fake. And whatever you actually do is your reality.
1: Yes. Oh my god. How do we close out any better than that? Do you have anything else you want to say? Ben's got to go to bed soon. I know that. And it's very late where you are, so I didn't want to hold you up very long, but That was a great place to end it. We could do a part two, maybe. Uh, I would love to have you back. I'd love to do more of that.
4: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all good to do a part two. I mean, I love educating people about this stuff. It's, it's, it's my life's work. It's, it's what I've dedicated the rest of my life to doing because people need to know this stuff. And, um, you know, it's only 10 30 here. I don't sleep because evil doesn't sleep. So I gotta be, I gotta be on. (laughs) I got to be on so these motherfuckers cool. heels, right? Like I can't, I, I can't I, do this. I, I don't want to you know? miss
3: any of it at all. And I genuinely <clears throat> do have to go to bed. Cause I already, I suggested
1: the part two. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't Dude. really, I don't really know what else I can say to close this out. I can tell you that if you want to have a chat with me, you can email me at Jehan T W Sator at gmail.com. I'll spell that J E H-A-N-T-W-S-A-T-T-A-U-R at Gmail. If you can't spell Gmail, then are you even a person? And, you know, <laughs> the same thing at Jahan Sator on Instagram. And uh, I'll be more than happy to talk with you about how we're being herded on the human farm and our subconscious Love mind it. is the target. <laughs> Love, Love it, man. It. Thanks for, you came, you yeah, killed.
2: so much. I don't think you ruffled any feathers, though. I felt like you were going to ruffle some feathers, you said. but
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Jen, when it comes down to ruffling the feathers, it's all about the stuff that people don't want to let go of, like watching porn and watching TV and listening to too much music and drinking too much alcohol or any alcohol at all. coffee, Because those things really do kill us. So, you know, but most people are just slaves to their their chemicals so you know i can't judge them and i can't tell them what to do i can only tell them you know if you don't do this <laughs> here's some really good consequences
2: it's right. well, still good advice as as long as they take it and understand it and don't, yeah well most don't- people are running away Listen.
4: from me oh. <laughs> most, most people are running away from me and I'm, I'm behind them with handcuffs like wait come back i haven't told you why the caffeine berry is poisonous yet <laughs>
3: <laughs> most people are like i don't want a part two i don't even want the second half of part one yeah
2: let's do a part two about that about caffeine
3: all right let's do it yeah let's yeah. fucking do Just another one up. about caffeine fuck
2: oh, it. is that what you're drinking ben damn right. fuck yeah yeah
4: man i screwed no, up you. man you're gonna kill yourself i got i got
3: all the good shit right here. <laughs>
1: all right john well, uh, i probably right, said people. it wrong
4: thank you so much for coming so on got, the, it. Uh, got it i give it a nine out of ten you're good to kill. awesome Woo. all right thanks
1: everybody <laughs> in the chat and uh we'll catch everybody next time for part two until then have a great night